This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to the mom room. Please have a seat. Let's sit in a circle because we're going to learn about our cycles today and our hormones and all the things, all the shit storms that hormones can cause if they are not balanced. This is one of my favorite topics, obviously because I suffer a little bit with hormone issues when it comes to the week before my period. I don't sleep, especially my last cycle. Are you kidding me? There were probably four nights where I just would not have slept all night. The first night that it happened, I took NyQuil and Gravol. Always speak to your doctor. Don't take advice from me. Those did nothing. And I was just wide awake because it's almost like it affects my, like my heart is beating faster. My heart's beating harder. I'm aware of my heart beating, which is a weird thing and it's impossible to fall asleep. So a couple of the other nights I took half a clonazepam, which is what I take when I'm going to do like public speaking things because I get very, very anxious and that worked. It totally slows your heart rate, which is what it's supposed to do. So that makes sense. But it's like, oh my God. And then the irritability and the moodiness wasn't that bad. But honestly, like nothing happened to trigger that in me. But yeah, low mood, no motivation to do stuff. I'm always like questioning my life choices. I'm like, what am I doing? Like, why? Why am I doing this? I suck at everything. Like, and it's all hormone related. In this episode, I am speaking with Hannah Gregg. She is a registered holistic nutritionist that specializes in women's hormone health, and she teaches women about the huge impact that living in tune with your cycle has on overall health and well-being. And let me tell you, the few little changes that I have made after I did my episode with Miranda from the Period Lab, it is shocking. And we're not taught any of this stuff. Nobody's like, oh, you're a woman in your 30s here. You should be like trying to include these things in your lifestyle and in your diet. And oh, if you're the week before your period, maybe take it easy. Don't overbook yourself. Nobody talks about this stuff. And it's so important. It has been so eye-opening for me. So in this episode, we are touching on things like cycle-induced insomnia, which I think is what I have, why it happens, how you can help yourself, the stress connection with your periods, balancing estrogen and progesterone naturally. My windows are open and people are like yakking as they walk by. So sorry if you can hear that. Also cycle syncing with exercise and then seed cycling. I had talked about this on Instagram and so many people were interested to learn more. So we do get into that. So without further ado, guys, let's learn some more about our hormones and our cycles and being a woman, shall we? Please welcome Hannah Gregg to the mom room. All right. Today we are talking about one of my favorite topics right now. I swear I live on Pinterest because I'm really into my cycle. And so I like am very mindful. I have this big calendar next to me where I write out like the day that I am. 
So I'm keeping track of my cycle. Whereas before I would just like live my life and not even consider my cycle. So now I'm like looking up like follicular phase, like what can I expect to be feeling like energy levels? What can I do like food wise? And I never would have thought about cycle stuff until I was meeting with my naturopath about something completely different. I think it was like jaw pain, acupuncture, I don't remember, but she just randomly asked me about my sleep. She was like, oh, so like, how do you find your sleep? And 75, 90% of the time I sleep with zero issues, but there's always, I was like, I swear, it feels like there's a handful of days in the month, like every month where I'm waking up in the middle of the night and I'm wide awake. And she was like, interesting. She's like, keep track of when that happens. And I bet you it's happening the week before your period. And I was like, oh, okay. Started to keep track of it. And that's exactly when it was happening. So now, since then, I've just been so interested in like cycles and like what my hormones are doing and how it's related to everything that I'm feeling. So I was going to just give a brief little intro, but I decided to throw that in there. We're going to talk about sleep. But to start, I thought you could tell us how you got interested in nutrition and hormones and a little bit about your journey to getting to where you are now. From the time that I got my period when I was 15, they were always super painful. Like I, you know, I remember taking ibuprofen and mitol and doing all the things, heating packs on my abdomen just to kind of get through my months, but like powered through, like never thought that uh, maybe I should rest when I have my period, but that's not what we're taught in school. So just keep powering through it, be the badass that you should be, do your thing. So I was on and off birth control as the answer for it for a decade and a half. And that never really helped everything, but it did take away some of the pain and it, but it made me, you know, gain weight. It made me moody. It made me not have a sex drive. It made me a witch when my partner would try to be nice to me. Like I would just like, Hey, you don't talk to me. So eventually I got off of it and I was like, Oh, I'm this new person. But the terrible periods came back and like went to the doctors for it. And they were just like, Oh, you know, you can go on the pill or my doctor's response was, you can get pregnant. And I was like, what? Yeah, you can just get pregnant. And then you wouldn't have a period for like nine to 12 months. And I was like, that's your answer? That's your medical advice? <laughs> okay. Okay. So eventually I got pregnant, had some babies. They just came back even worse after my kids. And I was like laying in bed with a six-month-old and a two-year-old and they were like, what's wrong with you? Like, why can't you look after us right now? I was in excruciating pain and I was like, all right, I'm going to have to figure this out by myself. There's, there's no good answers here. I don't want to be like this for my entire adult life. So I went back to school. I became a nutritionist and along the way kind of stumbled across how our womanly DNA needs to be kind of planned accordingly to where we're at in our cycle to have optimal hormones and feel good and have pain-free periods. And so I started implementing some changes. And in like a four-week period, I 
felt great. I had no more pain. You know, I was not anxious. I didn't have the mood swings anymore. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need to quit my job and I need to tell the world this information because every woman needs to know this. Every man needs to know this to be able to like fully respect your partner or your any women in your life. So quit my job, became a nutritionist that specializes in hormone health. And there we are. Isn't it wild how, like I'm 38 and I'm just starting to learn about all this stuff now and like through independent learning also, just like buying the books and following social media accounts and talking to people like you. And I just saw also this post by Dr. Amen. I think he's a psychiatrist. And he was like, one of the top things that people should be doing before they prescribe somebody antidepressants, like what doctors should be doing, is testing people's hormones. And I feel like we go through life with all these different like symptoms and pain and mood swings and never is the word hormone brought up. And it's wild because if you, I remember being pregnant and Googling things that would happen to me during pregnancy and the answer was always hormones. And I was like, clearly hormones make up everything that's happening to me. So why are we not talking about it? Right. Like, why are we being taught calculus in class? Like, let's learn how our hormones <laughs> yes. work instead of just like being thrown tampons or pads in sex ed. Like, teach us what's happening. Yeah. And I remember when I was in high school, I had really painful periods and it was the same thing. It was like, we'll go on birth control and then it'll be fine. And so that's what I did. And same as you, once I got off birth control and then I had Milo, now my periods and like cycles and hormones are much worse. So when you started to make changes in your own life for hormones and like eating differently and doing things based on your cycle, what are some things that you remember that you started with? One of the big things was seed cycling. So seed cycling is basically alternating between pumpkin seeds and flax seeds from the day one of your period until ovulation. And then you switch to sesame seeds and sunflower seeds from ovulation until your period starts again. Amazing for balancing out estrogen and progesterone, which are the two big players for our cycles. Super easy to do. I remember being like, oh yeah, I can do that. That's one of the easy things. The second one was like not leaning on caffeine and alcohol as much as like societal norms expect young moms to, I guess. I still look forward to my one cup of coffee in the morning, but when it becomes like habitual three or four times throughout the day, and then you're having a glass of wine while you're making dinner this is really negatively impacting our hormones. But again, like it's seen as normal and healthy and not impacting our lives, but we're not really told, you know, what that aspect is. So like those three things were, I already ate a clean enough diet when I started. Those three things, implementing them had such a significant impact on 
my periods and, and how I feel. And like, I, I still notice it today. Like if, if I have a busy socializing month and those things, you know, someone brings me a cup of coffee, I'll drink it. I'll notice the symptoms creeping back in. And I'm like, oh gosh, okay, gotta reel this in a little bit. Like it's a lifelong change you have to make. It's just, obviously we're going to fall off the bandwagon sometimes and then we're going to climb back on. But those three things are huge. I found out about the seed cycling thing on Pinterest. And so obviously the next day I go and buy, I already had a, a huge bag of pumpkin seeds. The next day I went and bought sunflower seeds. And so now I am mindful of that. But as I was saying before, I would just live my life not even considering where I was in my cycle. And now that I'm more aware of it, I can be like, oh, you know what? For dinner tonight, let's make X, Y, and Z instead of this. Like it's small little changes, not to be obsessed about it, but just to be mindful. Like, oh, I'm ovulating right now. What I'm feeling is normal and put this on my yogurt instead of this. And a huge change that I've been making. Do you follow the period lab? I did a episode with her and she was like, do this one thing for me. She's like, just start eating protein, like a handful of almonds and like a handful of raspberries or something before you have your coffee. And I was like, what? Like, so I've been doing that and prioritizing eating more throughout the day because I was not eating enough at all. And she's like, no wonder you're cranky and, you know, like these things are happening and so now, like, those little changes, making myself eat more, like, prioritizing protein and fat has made, like, the world of a difference. Yeah, such a huge thing. And, like, what I always teach women is about blood sugar stability. So, again, like, when we skip meals or if we're having coffee instead of a meal, it's spiking our insulin, which our body thinks is a stress response. Like our, our cortisol goes crazy, you know, it thinks we're in fight or flight, you know, we're under attack. And so when this is happening, it's it's actually stealing progesterone from our body and making cortisol with that progesterone, right? So like we don't we don't think about these things. And if our progesterone levels are low and estrogen is high at around our periods, we're going to have like the insomnia, the mood swings, pain, suffering. But again, like we, we don't know these things. So yeah, balanced blood sugar, eating breakfast, having something in your stomach before coffee. So important. Snacking, healthy snacks, healthy fats, healthy proteins, lunch, snack, dinner, just making sure that's stability is in there rather than avoiding that like roller coaster of highs and lows that quite often women experience. So let's talk a little bit about cycle-induced insomnia and why that happens and what it is because clearly that's what I was experiencing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that used to be one of my big symptoms also. So like three or four days before my period would begin, it was like, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't sleep. I was tired, but I was wired. And, you know, 
trying to calm your brain down wouldn't work. And then that just makes everything worse. Like when you're not sleeping, right? It just makes everything so much worse in terms of symptoms, moodiness. We're drinking more caffeine, which is making things worse. So yeah, let's chat about this for a minute. So there's a whole bunch of reasons why you may be experiencing the PMS-related insomnia. But one of the biggest reasons is that the week before, this week before your period, so it's the, called the luteal phase, you have a really big surge and then a really rapid decline in estrogen and progesterone. So when your estrogen and progesterone are balanced in relation to each other, this rise and fall, it shouldn't trigger any big symptoms. But when there's too much estrogen relative to progesterone, which is what we typically call estrogen dominance, then you can experience these symptoms, including insomnia. So estrogen dominance is triggered by this long list of common factors. So stress is one of them. Lack of self-care is another one. Poor diet, sedentary lifestyle, and just exposure to all of the crazy environmental toxins that are bombarding our endocrine system every single day. So this hormone imbalance gets made even worse if your progesterone levels are low overall. So this can impact any woman of any age, but typically it's happening to women more and more after age 35. So overall, our progesterone levels start trending in that downward direction after age 30-ish. And lower progesterone is negatively going to impact the production of melatonin, which, as we know, is our sleep hormone and is really important for falling asleep and staying asleep. And then progesterone is also that hormone that relaxes us. And without it, you're going to have trouble falling asleep easily. And, you know, you may wake up throughout the night. You may wake up in the morning not feeling like you slept at all. Progesterone is really, really helpful for sleep. And then environmental factors again. So things that make the progesterone situation worse, again, drinking caffeine is one of those things. So I am a huge fan of coffee. Don't get me wrong. I love the process. I grind my own coffee beans. Like it's, it's a thing. But one cup, one cup is great. And then I don't have any more in a day. Drinking caffeine is huge and it's going to be stealing your progesterone to make cortisol, which we don't want. And then alcohol to unwind is another big one. There's also like a connection to your adrenal glands as well. So like those are the the little glands in our body that produce our stress hormone. If you're experiencing that PMS related insomnia as like a tired but wired feeling. So you're in bed exhausted, but your eyes are like, bing, can't fall asleep. This is really common for women who have like too much stress happening in their body. It's a really good sign that your adrenal glands need some attention. And then also a really big connection are micronutrient deficiencies. So magnesium is a really big one. Zinc is a big one. And selenium can also fuel the problem if we don't have enough of it. Magnesium helps promote relaxation in our body. Selenium can help boost progesterone and bring your reproductive hormones back into balance. And then zinc can also improve quantity and quality. But guess what? Zinc, selenium, magnesium, all found in pumpkin seeds, flax seeds, 
sesame seeds, sunflower seeds. So nature has this amazing way of providing us the nutrients we need all in one. So really, really helpful. And then magnesium can also be really helpful to be to be supplementing with, but you need to talk to your professional person about that. <laughs> Not giving medical advice right now. This episode is brought to you by Little Spoon. If you're like me, then the bane of your existence is thinking about what to feed your children, prepping food, going to the grocery store, all of the above. Who has the time? We are all so busy, and it's important to incorporate things into our life that keep our life as simple and convenient as possible. Little Spoon is one way to do just that. They deliver fresh, healthy meals and snacks straight to your door that your kid will love at every eating stage they are in. The baby blends are fresh, organic baby food from single ingredients to multi-textured purees to take the stress out of starting solids. They partner with Clean Label Project to test their blends for 400 plus contaminants, including heavy metals, so you know you're getting good stuff. The Biteables are finger food meals that are cut to size to promote easy self-feeding, and they are healthy, balanced, and free of artificial junk. The Little Spoon Plates are toddler and big kid meals that are free of junk and they taste amazing. Even the pickiest eaters will love them. Think hidden veggie mac and cheese, chicken nuggets, and adventurous eats like potstickers, gnocchi, and more. They also offer really fun things like puffs, they have smoothies, lunchers, and snacks. You quite literally never have to think about food again. It's just easy peasy. And did I mention this all comes right to your door? It is so flexible, so easy, and everything stores right in the fridge and freezer. The price is right. The quality is unmatched. You are going to love it and your kids are going to love it. It is just a huge win for your family. Simplify your kids' mealtime with 30% off your first order. Go to littlespoon.com slash momroom and enter our code momroom at checkout to get 30% off your first Little Spoon order. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode of The Mom Room and providing me with samples. You know how a lot of people can't leave the house without a water bottle? It's like their emotional support water bottle. I am the exact same way with facial tissues. And that is because I have such bad allergies, specifically in my sinuses, to the point where I know I'm going to have to blow my nose multiple times in a day and I cannot be out in public without my emotional support facial tissues. Luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Now I know if I have a big event, maybe I'm going to a concert, going out for dinner. I don't want to be blowing my nose every two seconds. It's very unbecoming. And so I will take Claritin D and enjoy my evening. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter or ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. If you want to incorporate seeds daily, so what I would usually do and what we do do is every once in a while we go to Costco and like stock up on massive bags of 
every kind of nut and every kind of seed. And so I make a big container and I put a little bit of each kind in the container and put it in the fridge and then put the rest of the bags sealed in the freezer. And then when that container is getting low, I just like restock it so that we constantly have that available to us. It's also a great snack for Milo in the evening on his snack plate. I always give him nuts and seeds and he loves it. Seeds are school friendly too. We can't send the nuts to school, but we can send the seeds to school. So yeah, and like you can put them into energy balls and like have them have them be consuming those essential nutrients as well. So if somebody's listening and they're like, like I have terrible sleep, I'm up in the middle of the night, exhausted, but can't sleep, where should they start to make little changes? Because I'm sure some people listen to all of this information and it's overwhelming and they're like, you know, I don't want to give up this or that and start incorporating this. And so like, what are the things that they should just start with? Yeah, I would say start with the seed cycling. So recommendations there are a tablespoon of each seed per day throughout your cycle. And then play with the caffeine as well. So see if you can get down to that one cup a day. Quite often, we we will start decreasing caffeine. And yeah, we may feel a little rough the first day. But after that, you're like, oh my gosh, I have so much energy. It's when we like lean for that second or third cup of coffee. And then we keep doing it repeatedly because we feel like we need it again and again and again. But as soon as we stop it for a day or two, it's like, oh, I don't need this. This is great. So yeah, I would say those are the two starting points for sure. And track your cycle, you know, recognize when you're having the insomnia. Maybe it's, maybe it's not related to your cycle, but if it's, if it's happening like that three or four days before your period starts, then definitely use these tips. Yeah. Tracking my cycle has been so eye-opening and sometimes I'm upstairs in my bed and I'll like run down to my office and be like, wait a minute, what day is it? Like, (laughs) cause I'll start to get cramps or something. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny. Okay. The stress connection with our periods. So let's chat about stress, hormone, cortisol, which I don't know why we're not taught about hormones in school. Like it makes no sense. It literally dictates everything in our life. So, and then progesterone as well. The progesterone cortisol connection. So cortisol we're going to go into like a deep science lesson here for a second. Okay. So cortisol is the main stress hormone that triggers our fight or flight response. Totally normal response. We need it. And when we're actually in danger, super helpful. If there's a tiger chasing us, you want to be in fight or flight, get the heck out of that situation. But the problem starts happening when our cortisol levels stay elevated for long durations. And this can happen from a stressful lifestyle, consuming the cortisol-inducing foods that I mentioned, caffeine, alcohol, sugar is another one, and from not knowing how to properly manage your stress. And as women, we're quite often caught up in like the go, go, go mentality. Like we have to get this done. We have to get this done. We have to get this done. But 
that can be really damaging for hormones depending on where we're at in our cycle. So some health risks associated with cortisol levels that may be impacting your cycles. So cortisol has this main job in our body to raise glucose levels. So even really small increases in cortisol, like what we experience when we're drinking caffeine, can raise blood sugar and increase insulin resistance. And I heavily emphasize that we need to maintain a stable blood sugar in order for our hormones to be balanced. So ensuring that you know you're using proper coping mechanisms for stress is also going to assist you in doing this, along with ensuring that you're eating protein, fats, and fiber. Another really big thing that cortisol impacts is increased body fat, obesity, and metabolic syndrome in women. So too much stress in our lives makes us gain weight. Our body thinks we're in danger. So we're storing fat, especially in like your belly area where fat cells have four times more cortisol receptors than fat located anywhere else in our body. And metabolic syndrome is this thing that's just happening more and more in our North American population. And it, you know, it includes a whole cluster of other issues that go with it. But one of the big things with your hormones is that the more fat cells women have, the more estrogen we produce. So if we're constantly under stress, we're having increased cortisol levels, which is stealing our progesterone because the two go hand in hand together. We're storing fat, we're having more estrogen. This is just really, really skyrocketing the issue of that estrogen dominance that I mentioned earlier when it comes to insomnia. I'm going to talk more on that in a minute, more on that progesterone cortisol connection. But again, cortisol is also going to impact your sleep and it's going to make the PMS problems way worse. So the mood swings, the period pain, the acne, breast tenderness, fatigue. And why is this? Well, so when cortisol is constantly being secreted by our adrenal glands, adrenal glands can't keep up. They're, they're expecting us to be in fight or flight for short, quick durations, just like historically we would have been if we were actually in danger from like an animal chasing us. So when we're constantly in stressed out states, we can't keep up with the cortisol production. So our body actually steals progesterone. So progesterone is a hormonal precursor to cortisol. So progesterone is a hormonal precursor to cortisol, which means that cortisol can be made from progesterone. So our body thinks we're in danger, so it's going to continue to produce cortisol at these levels, so it's going to steal progesterone. So this makes the estrogen issues worse. Does this all make sense so far? It's just shocking to me. And it all makes so much sense. And it's all like, you can see how with a certain kind of lifestyle, like all of this stuff, it just snowballs and it just like gets worse and worse and worse. And you think that you're trying to help yourself by like having an extra cup of coffee or like, and it just exacerbates the problem. Quite often, you know, it is like what, moms look forward to when we wake up 
at the crack of dawn with our children. Like we are so tired. We don't want to be out of bed, but the kids are awake. So we have to be up. And it's just like that beautiful warm cup of uh, internal hug that we're getting first thing in the morning. It's really hard to, to not reach for that second cup, but like there's tons of alternatives out there. But quite often what my clients notice is that when you are consuming food before your caffeine, you don't, you're not necessarily reaching for that second cup as often because you already have enough fuel in your body from the healthy protein, healthy fat that you consumed, right? See, this is what I have been finding eating before coffee. Like I used to have two big like mugs like this, like for sure, always have two. Now I find I'm only having one when I'm having like a handful of berries or like a piece of banana and a handful of almonds before I have that first cup. I don't even want the second cup, which is wild to me. And then I'll make my athletic greens or I'll just like start pounding water. It's nuts. And blood sugar for me, I think was a huge issue, which is why eating more throughout the day, because I would wake up, have coffee, maybe eat like a banana on my way to Pilates, come back, start just like pounding work and like not eat till 1130 noon. And that has been the biggest change. I wasn't even irritated or moody before my period last cycle, which Amazing. is nuts. Good. So good. So great. Yeah. And like, that was one of my big things too. My previous life, I was an executive director in a long-term care home and, you know, I'd eat breakfast at home, but I'd get to work. I would literally just be drinking coffee all day long, dealing with people and their issues and, you know, every little thing, just going through this daze in caffeine coma and then get home, have a glass of wine while I'm making dinner. And like, my, I just, it blows my mind that like our bodies can go through so much. And then when we learn this information, it's like, oh my gosh, like what was, I was destroying myself. <laughs> How did I live? But, but what I always tell clients too is, Whenever we're having symptoms come up, it's it's not just like, oh, my stupid body, like, why am I in pain? Your body is telling you there's something wrong. Like, all of your symptoms are are things that your body is trying to scream at you to, to save and, like, help them and, and rebalance. So I was in the same situation. And I want to just touch on how to actually, you know, manage your stress versus just saying how bad stress is, but one of my favorite tools to lower your, or take you out of that stress response is just breathing, right? Like so often we forget that our breath is this ingrained thing in us and just having three to five deep breaths can take you out of that fight or flight response and into rest and digest, which is the ideal state that we should be in most of the day. But most of us are are in the fight or flight 90% of the day these days. So use your breath. It's such a such an amazing tool. Yeah, that's one thing my naturopath pointed out to me too was when I was doing yoga regularly, and this was like years ago, that's where I initially learned like breath work, like breathing. And realized how much 
I was just living in shallow breaths. Like, <laughs> like rarely would I ever take a proper breath. And that was life-changing. And I remember I would just throughout the day, I'd be driving or something and just like take really deep breaths like into my like my belly and my pelvic floor. And my husband would be like, what? What's wrong? And I'm like, nothing. I'm just breathing. Like, that's what my naturopath was saying was like, your body, because of your just everything, like I'm at my computer, like I'm go, go, go all day. I don't take time to breathe. I'm just like shallow breaths all day. Like, she's like, your body literally thinks it's under attack. Like, no wonder you're constipated. You're like, you know, you have painful like shoulders and, and yeah, it's just all been so eye-opening to me how everything is connected. Like my digestion is so much better. Like so many things are so improved just with these small lifestyle changes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And bowel movements. Bowel movements are such a huge indicator of, of overall health as well and can be such a huge contributor to our period problems. So like there's something called the estrobolome in your gut and it's specifically responsible for processing and eliminating that excess estrogen to not be in that estrogen dominant state. But if we're having really slow transit times, like if we're having not very good bowel movements every day or if we're skipping days even, then that estrogen is just going to get recirculated and recirculated and and cause these issues. But seed cycling, hello, superhero, savior (laughs) can also help with your bowel movements because also packed with fiber. Oh my gosh, it's wild. I do have to make an effort though, because I will sit at my desk and I could just be a busybody and not take care of myself, like very easy. And so I need to make a point like, Renee, get up, go make something proper for lunch. Like, don't just go snack on, you know, a couple things here and there. Like, go eat a meal. Oh my gosh, we all do. And like, I have an app on my phone that reminds me to stop working and breathe. <laughs> so oh, I we love all that. need it. Like we all need just like a timer in our day to be like, oh, I don't know if you've had any deep breaths yet today. It's time. And I find like great pride in like breathwork apps that tell me like, oh, you're on a six day streak. Oh, you're on a seven day streak. It just like keeps me going in my like competitive edge part of my brain to be like, oh yeah, got to do my breath work and my meditation today. Like I'm the best breather. (laughs) Yes. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Okay. Let's talk a little bit about how we can balance estrogen and progesterone using nutrition and lifestyle. So We've probably already touched on most of these, but if someone's going to make like a little list, what would be on there? So we're going to do seed cycling. We're going to do consuming breakfast before caffeine. We're going to do healthy snacks throughout the day. So like almonds and raspberries. We're going to eat a stable blood sugar balancing diet, which entails healthy proteins at every meal, healthy fats, good sources of complex carbohydrates because ladies, you do actually need carbohydrates too. They just have to be in like good sources versus like a donut. What are complex? 
complex carbs are just more slow burning. So like brown rice instead of white rice, where white rice is just going to be like insulin spike immediately. Sweet potatoes are another great source of complex carbohydrates. Quinoa, buckwheat, you know, all those grains that are still like a grain, but they also have protein and they're going to be slow burning and slow insulin releasing. So is there any kind of bread that would be considered a complex carb? Not really. So there's the whole issue of gluten as a hormone disruptor as well in bread. You can get gluten-free breads that are okay, but like sourdough is your best bet for like a low gluten alternative that isn't going to be blood sugar spiking as well. And like ideally, if it's brown versus white, the white bread is just, again, like it's going to cause that insulin spike. So brown is, is better, but it's not the best for your blood sugar. My husband and I both turn the big four zero next year, and we have been thinking a lot about our long-term health. We want to get smarter about our health, make better choices, but also not feel overwhelmed trying to separate fact from fiction. There is so much information out there, and it can be hard to figure out what applies to you, what is right, and what is wrong. Well, let me introduce you to the Zoe Science and Nutrition Podcast. With the help of world-leading scientists, they help you make smarter health choices every week. Don't just take my word for it. Naomi's Apple Review says, Zoe Science and Nutrition is super easy to consume even if you don't understand the science. With loads of actionable tips, a great mix of guests, and interesting cutting-edge science. You can't go wrong with a weekly podcast where world-leading scientists explain how their own research could improve your health. If you're ready to join millions of others like Naomi transforming their health, then search for Zoe Science and Nutrition wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Lola V. Lola V is an award-winning hair care line by none other than Jennifer Aniston. They offer clean, plant-powered products for every hair type and texture. I just did my whole hair care routine with all the products the other night, and I am obsessed. Along with incredible shampoo and conditioner, they have an intensive repair treatment that you can use once a week. They also have a lightweight hair oil. There's a leave-in treatment, and there's also a glossing detangling which I need because lately I want to do my hair in like a slicked back look, but my hair is too frizzy. Get 15% off Lola V with the code MOMROOM at www.lolav.com slash MOMROOM and Lola V is L-O-L-A-V-I-E. If people are listening and they're in Toronto, there's a place in Toronto. I think they're in North York. It's called Green Zebra. And they're like a vegan meal delivery service. And they make their own bread. It's gluten-free. And I, it's not like a, a luscious, like fluffy bread. Like it's more dense. And it's a small loaf. And it's full of seeds, like pumpkin seeds, like sunflower seeds. It is so good. And I keep meaning to order a bunch of them and put them in the freezer because it is an incredible snack. Like you toast it up and put like mm, it's so good if there's like seeds and nuts on it that's gonna be that's gonna be helpful for sure that sounds delicious i wish i live closer any more nutrition and lifestyle strategies 
lowering coffee amounts to one cup, ideally lowering alcohol. There's lots of studies out there about alcohol these days and how it's a estrogen disruptor and like contributor to breast cancers. Again, like it's totally, it's totally in your, in your ballpark as to how much you want to consume every day. But I think the, the standard guidelines now are like three alcoholic drinks for women per week. Ideally, you know, you want to be minimizing that as much as possible. Lifestyle, breathing. So try to get into the habit of taking those deep breaths throughout your day. If you have to set a timer on your phone, if you have to schedule it into your day, then then do that. Yoga is amazing for lowering your cortisol levels and for just your entire body. It's a very low impact not stressful, not stress producing exercise on your body. So yoga is also amazing. But again, you can get the same benefits for your breath by just practicing those deep breaths every single day. Optimizing sleep. So of course, if you're struggling with any of that cycle related insomnia, sleep is going to be more challenging, but try doing those, you know, seed cycling, lowering caffeine, lowering alcohol, see how it goes. We do get the best quality sleep from 9 p.m. until midnight. So if you can try to get more of your hours in from 9 o'clock to midnight, then that's going to be more beneficial than going to bed at midnight and waking up at 6. Oh, exercise is important too. Obviously, moving our body, but just sticking to like the more low impact things. So not doing like the HIIT workouts every single day, Pilates, yoga, bar, (laughs) not running miles a day. The funny thing is like about working out, I was like, when I was thinking about starting to be like really be physically active again, regularly, I was again talking to my naturopath and she's like, because I was debating between like yoga and Pilates or going to CrossFit. (laughs) She's like, I think you should probably stick to (laughs) Pilates and yoga. Like, I don't think you need to add more like cortisol and stress on your body. I was like, yeah, good point. Good point. Yes. Yes. And that is something that we're often thinking that is not a factor because we're like, it's exercise. It's good for us. But doing those HIIT workouts and those CrossFit things every single day of the month can be so damaging for your cortisol levels. And that used to be me. I was like, I went through like a few years where I was like CrossFit all the time. And then I went through a few years where I was doing hot yoga all the time. And hot yoga was definitely better for me, like overall, just as a human, you know? Yes, CrossFit, like I built muscle like crazy. I was like Hercules. (laughs) But mentally, like yoga is just so, so, so good. Yeah. And it makes you, it makes you a more patient mother, I find too. Like, when I'm doing my breathing techniques, when I'm practicing yoga more regularly, like I have more patience. I am more present. You know, I'm not, I don't lose my, my marbles as quick. It's, it's a lot. It's so much benefit for myself and for my kids and husband. I know I used to look forward so much because I was going to yoga when Milo was a baby too. We had a studio near our house and I would go regularly in postpartum, like starting at six weeks postpartum. 
And it was so nice to go into this warm room. It was like quiet and soft music and just moving my body and focusing on like just letting my mind go kind of, but you're, you're not like ruminating about other stuff because you're focused on doing the movements that they're telling you to do. And it was just such a good, like a good thing to have in my routine. And I looked forward to it all the time. So we're actually moving this summer and we're going to be near a bunch of like yoga studios and stuff so I can start doing it again. And I'm so excited. Yeah, that'd be so great. Yeah. Right now I'm doing Pilates, which I love, but I need to incorporate the yoga as well. So I'm doing both. And something that I always teach people too is, is exercising for your cycle. So if you are someone that wants to do like the high intensity stuff, then there's a time for that. And it's from the time your period ends until just after ovulation. So we have a period of like a week and a half where your cortisol levels are low and you can, you can do like the hit stuff or the running or, or whatever CrossFit, whatever the high intensity stuff is that you like. And then after ovulation, when your resting cortisol levels are naturally higher, you want to shift down to like Pilates or bar or like easy body weight exercises. And then as you get closer to your period, we are actually more prone to injury at this point too, because our muscles are more flexible. So just doing like the more low key things like yoga, just gentle yoga, not like anything crazy. Pilates I always say is, is great, but when you're getting closer to your period, you may not have as much energy. So that yoga is a great, a great tool to use at that time. So how has your experience with your period and your cycle changed since making all these lifestyle changes? Like, do you have pain-free periods? Is your cycle super regular? Like, what's the difference? Yeah, so super regular. I don't have like the severe breast tenderness that I had. Like, I don't have any of that anymore. I can feel when my period is starting but it's not like a cramping. It's more just like my uterus is about to work. Like I'm about to like shed a body part right now. <laughs> like there's some some lining going to come out. So it's not like the debilitating cramps anymore. I actually sleep better now from like three days before my period until my period is done. Like I have the deepest, most restful sleep at that time of the month now. I think my moods are relatively stable, but you you may have to ask my husband. He may have a different opinion. Yeah, no pain. Oh, they're right on time always. So I'm on like a 27-day cycle. And they used to be super clotty and heavy. And now like I very rarely will notice a clot and I can get through the day typically with changing my Diva Cup once. So that used to be like... I would go through like an extra super plus tampon and have like a pad on as well. So now it's, it's really toned down. And before I would start like super brown, gross, like sticky almost. And that would be how it ends as well. And now it's just like beautiful, bright red blood the entire time. And that's not too much info. (laughs) No, it's not. Not for this podcast. We were just on vacation in the Dominican. So I like had been doing so well, like with my diet and 
everything. And like I said, I wasn't irritable before my period. Like I didn't have that like week of being super like ragey. I didn't have ovulation pain, which is wild. Like I have really painful ovulation. And then we went to the Dominican. I was literally eating garbage because the food there was absolutely terrible. And for the first time in my life, I had finished my period on the Monday that we got there. And on Friday, I started spotting again. Never happened in my life. And then once I got home, I started like eating properly and everything again. And the spotting completely went away. And I was like, what? This has never happened before in my life. But is that like, why did that happen? And then I was talking to Miranda from the period lab and she was saying, it's probably because my progesterone, she was like, you need to like eat good proteins. I was like, once I got home, I was like having steak and, you know, trying to get back on track. But That was nuts to me. I've never spotted like that before in my life. Yeah. So like when, and this happens to my clients all the time too, like we do so well and we're, our bodies are on such a great path for like X number of months. And then, yeah, we go away and we eat pizza nonstop for a week because there's no other options. And that stress that's, I was just in Dominican. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's just like, and I had these something similar happened too. So when, you know, we're treating our body great, like cortisol levels are low. And then we go through this week of eating like crap, drinking more than what we usually do. And it just, our bodies can't handle that cortisol surge. And so the progesterone issue comes in and yeah, our bodies are like, what's happening? And like, sometimes our periods can be like, yeah, when we're having that spotting, it's like our periods are kind of detoxing. Like our, our body's like, you need to stop. And maybe, maybe if you have your period, that'll make you stop. <laughs> so it's... Yeah, like bad girl. I'm going to start <laughs> bleeding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh my gosh. I was like, should I write this on their review? <laughs> like that I came here and the food was so bad I started my period? Like <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. And like I, so we went to Dominican for a friend's wedding in November and... There was, I I literally ate pizza every single day. And my period after that, like, horrible. Just horrible. Haven't had a period that bad in six years. So, yeah. Yeah, but but the period after that, because I, like, immediately cleaned up my my dietary habits, like, back to normal, back to the pain-free good. So, and it can, it can change that quickly. Wow. All right. Well, this was a lovely conversation. I love this topic so much. I hope everybody listening just got some good tips and starts making small changes and we can all have perfect cycles one day. Where can everybody find you (laughs) online, your website, all that jazz? Yeah. So I'm on Instagram and Facebook. My business title is Naturally Well by Hannah. That is also my website, www.naturallywellbyhannah.com. And I look forward to educating you further because we all need it. Awesome. Thank you. Are you looking for a podcast that'll make you laugh? You came to the wrong place. That's not us. That's not us. (laughs) 
Well, it is. We are a husband and wife who chat about raw, real relationship yeah, topics. like sex. Like money. Like marriage and kids. But we're not afraid to talk about how your newborn baby probably isn't as cute as you think it is. If you're in need of entertainment while you're driving to work, because that sucks, we can join you in the suckage, kind of like being in your ear. Not physically. So if you want to laugh, come check us come out. Come check us out. Brought to you by the Laughing Couple Podcast. Ha <laughs> ha!